Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mixed martial arts and boxing fans. It's time for Fighter's Fury inside the heart of a champion. With your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighter's Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Welcome on in, everybody. Fighter's Fury here on 790, The Ticket. Tobin here with you as we dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing for the next hour. Yesterday was an interesting fight day as you had bright and early, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. You had UFC Singapore fight night. Donald Cerrone taking on Leon Edwards. Cerrone, for the second time in a row, is, well, second time out of three, is on uh, UFC Fight Pass, and he ends up on the short end. He loses a unanimous decision, 48-47 on all cards, to Leon Edwards, who got out to a real fast start. Uh, Cowboy rallied a little bit. Both fought a very, very closely contested fifth round, and we end up where we are today, whereas Cowboy's lost four out of five now at welterweight. Said afterwards that he... Almost pulled out. This was the closest he's ever been to pulling out of a fight. That he felt very ill, throwing up, and that it took a lot for him to muster up, get through, and and ended up getting through five rounds, which is not surprising because Cowboy Cerrone is an absolute, absolute badass. Um, but the results are what they are. So we are at a point now with Cowboy at 170 pounds where I do think we ask the question, um, is he much longer for this division? Because, you know, he, it was interesting. He gets there at the end of that fight. Dan Hardy wants to talk to both of them. He's got Leon there. He's got Cerrone there. And, and Cerrone, even at the last 15 seconds of the fight, was, you know, doing the thing where they're pointing to the middle of the canvas and wanted him to actually slug it out. And kind of did. Not really. Um, but afterwards, Hardy wanted to talk to him. And, you know, Cerrone just let it know. Like, if anybody's asking if I'm going to retire anytime soon, he's not. Loves what he does. And... He's going to continue on, and I think he should. I don't think Cowboy's at a point where he should retire yet, but I do think that his career needs a little bit of recalibration. I don't want me to, you know, discredit Leon Edwards. It's great that he has that win on his on his resume now. He beat an absolute warrior, an absolute legend, and uh, it's exciting to see what his next step is. But I think the interesting story here is is where we go with Cowboy because, you know, his his fights are are not being. Uh, put in the best place I think you know for a guy of his star caliber he's fighting at eight o'clock in the morning eastern time in, in these international cards and kind of feels like he's starting to be used as a, as a as a gateway for other guys and so I look at this division and you, you just wonder with welterweight not if he's not talented enough to be in there you know if you really look back at First of all, he started off at welterweight, and he looked incredible. I mean, he won four straight fights there. And, you know, went through this run of beating, you remember the Cowboy versus Cowboy fight where he beat Alex Oliveira, um, looked amazing versus Patrick Cote and Rick Story, had an absolute, absolute war with Matt Brown where he ended up head-kicking in Mortal Kombat style. And that's that's really, 
that was to me a big turning point for him because it was a it was a huge slugfest and then right after that took a fight with Jorge Masvidal in his hometown like on three weeks notice and got cleaned up by 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 Gamebred real quick then he had a fight with Robbie Lawler which was super close um people could argue that Cowboy won that fight I I, I lean towards Robbie winning that fight but it was that razor thin it was a very very closely contested bout so Right right out of the gate with those two losses, you look at Cowboy and you say, well, there's some there's some interesting circumstances there. You know, he took the, the Masvidal fight off an absolute war on short notice, and that's Cowboy style. It wasn't the smartest decision in the world, for sure, but that's, that's also why we love him. The Robbie Lawler fight's super close. You're talking about a former champion, one of the best in the world, most, uh, the most violent man in the UFC one of the most terrifying fighters out there um and and you fight him that close so you're talking about a guy who was champion who finds him that close is he talented enough for the vision sure you would get to the darren till fight with cowboy and you know till is just it, it looked like he was fighting a guy three weight classes above him two weight classes above him just didn't seem fair you know tills had the famous claim it should be illegal that i'm even in this division even though he you know, barely makes that division if he does make that division when he gets onto the scales. So, you know, the record, I think, does look a lot worse over the last year plus 18 months than it actually is. You know, the old uh, bastard Parcel saying you are what your record says you are, I guess. But, but if you look at these and you look back, Leon Edwards, Robbie Lawler, super close. Obviously, credential-wise, those fighters aren't close, but they were close fights. Got a got an absolute big win over Yancey Medeiros, where everybody thought, "Oh, this is going to be a fight of the year candidate," and it absolutely was. It was tremendous. It was a tremendous bout um, where those guys were were throwing everything they had at each other, and Cowboy just got him. Cowboy, Cowboy got into his style and 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 put in an absolute killing performance, a, a one that nearly last, lasted the entire round. So we had that. Um, Till was obviously way too big for him. It was a terrible style matchup for him. And, and the Masvidal fight, you know, Masvidal, you could argue, is a better striker than Donald Cerrone and is probably more natural for the weight class than Donald Cerrone is. And he also took that fight super short. So I think each one of those, you can go back and say, this, 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 this wasn't ideal, you know, and, and, and the ones where you even just don't have much of an argument for it, they were super close fights. The question, though, has to be, all right, wh wh where does genuinely Cowboy go from here? Because if we are to look at welterweight, if we are to look at what's left for him there, because he's fought a lot of guys now in this division, if we were to look at the top 10, what is actually something that makes sense? Because he lost a till. He's obviously not close to a title shot right now, losing four out of five. Um does Hoffield Dos Santos want to rematch him? I mean, he bludgeoned him pretty badly at 155 pounds. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, I could see it. I just don't know where it goes. It's just kind of like here are two excellent guys with 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 great striking, and let's just see how that ends up. Um, feels to me like Stephen Wonderboy Thompson would would even make Cowboy boring. So I, I don't know if I'm really into that fight. Uh, Kamara Usman, um. I feel like that's just too much to take on for Cowboy right now. I, I don't I don't love that matchup for him. 
And I think it would be great for Usman to have that name on his resume. But then it, it kind of becomes like the Damian Maya thing, whereas like one guy beats him. If Kobe Covington beats Damian Maya, okay. But now if everybody's beating Damian Maya, how great of a gatekeeper does that become? How much of a notch on, on your belt does that does that become for you? Um, so you look at that top 10, and I just don't think there's a lot of exciting options for him there. And plus you have questions on whether or not the division's too big for him or if it's if he's got if he's really close to getting in title contention or if you could really sell a cowboy fight at any of those matchups i go to lightweight if we do talk about uh, a place where this guy was at the absolute peak he was a number 1 contender he was a title contender and he looked like he was on his way to that at 170 but the train has, has seemingly stopped there so if he does go back to 155 a lot of the guys that were there in the beginning not too many of them are, are still contenders there you know Rafael's moved on to 170 and really the only other guys in the top 10 that he's fought are Eddie Alvarez and Edson Barboza and so if we were to look at that and say all right would you be into a cowboy versus Tony Ferguson fight I think I would now again you're still talking about title contenders he probably needs something to build himself up but Cowboy Cerrone versus Justin Gaethje in Ally Quinta, in talking about Michael Chiesa, in uh, rematch versus Nate Diaz, in for that. Kevin Lee, Cowboy versus Kevin Lee, seems like a huge money matchup for me too. I mean, I, I just think that, you know, Kevin Lee's looking for a higher profile fight. If he, and if and if Cowboy wins, I think he's right back into the talks of, of being in, if not title contention, real contendership, if he's able to beat Kevin Lee. So, I, I just look at 155 pounds. It feels like there's just a lot more options for a guy 35 years old in, in, in Donald Cerrone. If he's really looking to get to gold and, and, and has more of a chance and has fights that will excite the fans more, I just think 155 is where it's at. You know, a lot of these guys aren't necessarily looking to fight each other, but they're looking to make big statements. So I think they'd be into fighting Cowboy Cerrone. And if Cowboy Cerrone were to beat any of these killers at 155 pounds, I feel like the reputation would almost be restored a little bit. And, you know, I know there was this big talk of, well, 170 is great, doesn't have to cut weight for it. But it, it just feels like that that journey has almost come to an end. So unless Cowboy Cerrone is able to be, let's say, a, a late replacement for somebody, let's say he's able to be a late replacement in a, a, a top three fight unless that happens I don't really see where the where the road is for him to get back up to the top because let's say he was even to go if he was able to go beat a wonder boy Thompson or an Usman you know he's lost to Till decidedly and he lost to Javier Dos Anjos decidedly like really really bad losses probably the two worst losses of his career so then where do we go? Do we have to wait for him to fight Covington? I I just think that that road is, is almost come to an end for him at 170. So I don't think that his career is over. I don't think that we should see Cowboy hang it up anytime soon because the record, I, I do believe, looks a lot worse than it is. But I do think it is time for the career to recalibrate, and I think it best recalibrates in his old weight class at 155 pounds. We're back after this. It's Fighter's Fury on AM790, The Ticket. 
Welcome back, guys. Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. You can text the show 67974, or you can tweet at me, at Brendan underscore Tobin. Edward chimes in with, Cowboy is my favorite, uh, but each fight I'm waiting for is Chuck Rashad or Frank Lee moment. I don't want to see him go out like that. Uh, I get you, man. Like, look, nobody wants to see their fighters go down poorly, but I, all, but, but I, I do firmly believe this. I, I think we are always too quick to retire fighters, you know, because we feel bad. <laughs> You know that's you know if you guys were tuning in last week and you uh, you heard our, our talk with with Harold Calderon who's going to be main eventing at the Hard Rock on July sixth, you guys should get your tickets to to go see that. But we we had this discussion about how guys are, are so quick to jump off the bandwagon. I'm not saying I'm not calling out Edward for being a bandwagon jumper, but it's like we feel bad seeing the pain they go through. We don't, but we don't we but we're, we're so quick to not we're so quick to just bury the career and we never realize the work that they put in what they're trying to get themselves better how much they're trying to improve themselves whether it's boxing or whether it's mma and the kind of fire that these fighters put themselves through is 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 just incredibly difficult and the self-belief that they have so yeah there is an element where they're probably the last to see when it is over like rashad evans who is still putting in so much work every single every single week to make himself better to 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 try and get that last taste of victory. If if Rashad has his wits about him, if he still if his coaches still believe that he is he is healthy and that he's able to take these kinds of fights, I have a hard time telling guys to hang it up. I I, I just do. Whether it's Rashad or whether it's it's the you know. The Antonio Tarvers or the Shannon Briggs of the world who are who are 45, 46 and still chasing the dream and still trying to work their asses off to provide for their families. Um, the fight game takes takes so much out of these guys, and a lot of it is guys taking from them. You know, it, it's like you, you throw these bodies out there and, and, and the promoters have their hands in it and the, the trainers have their hands in it. You never quite know who has the best interest of them at heart, and a lot of times they're providing for just uh, a wife and multiple kids and those are the ones who really has to deal with the repercussions and you know as a man a lot of the times you are identified by how you can provide for your family not saying it's right not saying it's wrong it just is it is what it is at the at that standpoint and and you, and you only feel whole when you are able to provide and so this is where they feel complete this is where they feel they are able to provide i know cowboy i think is is uh, expecting his first child along the way and so you look, you look at that, and you look at those things that make him him. Um, I have a hard time telling a guy to hang it up. And I also, but if, if we are to go past that, the sentiment of it all, I don't think he's there yet. I don't think he's at the the Chuck Rashad level where it feels like we're just waiting for the ticking time bomb. That we're just waiting to see the absolute, uh, the absolute devastation that's going to come into that ring. I don't think I don't think we're there yet. I think for him that. Maybe he is he's reached the end of the road with this journey at welterweight because he fights so often. You know, it's crazy. It, it feels like the welterweight movement for him was pretty recent. He's had 10 fights at welterweight. That's pretty wild. You think about a guy who was a contender at 155 pounds. He's put in 10 fights, 10 fights in just over two years at that weight class that's wild you know people go into these weight classes and be like ah 
Let's dip our toe in the water. Let's see this here. We'll do three fights here, then go back. You know, it, this isn't like, oh, it didn't work there. Let's go back. And uh, and, and let's, let's see if it recalibrates and gets to a new thing. No, no, no. Cowboy has put in the work at welterweight. He has been, he has seen this experiment through. This isn't something new. He, he unlike a lot of guys, he's not staying in that. He's one of the most active fighters on the roster, which is why, which is why he, get, he gets as many wins as he does, which is why the fans love him. He's put, on, he's put in almost a, a, a beginning of a career's worth at welterweight. It just feels like that run has come to an end just because the opponent matchups don't make a whole lot of sense. He shouldn't be fighting guys that are unranked. He's Cowboy Cerrone. He's a certified legend, so he should, be going, he should go somewhere else. Speaking of legends, though, speaking of guys who have maybe gone a little bit too long or are have been around the sport for a while, Bellator. So they're having a press conference on Tuesday where they're going to announce, this is big, they are going to announce, Seaman just walked in the building, we'll get to him in a second, Bellator's announced, let me get this, uh, This a landmark distribution deal, landmark, and expected at the press conference, Rampage Jackson, Vanderlei Silva, the four, they are going to announce for a September 29th card, Vanderlei, by the way, uh, big mouth. He blew the secret already. Fourth fight between him and Rampage to uh, to open up this new distribution deal. Whatever it may be, whether it be they're going to a new TV partner, whether it's they're going to get a new streaming platform, I don't know. Landmark. So just wait for it, Seema. It's coming. Kaboom. Kaboom. Good morning. Welcome back, man. Good morning. Good to be back. Good to see you. Where you guys been? Man, just hanging. Just hanging, hanging about. Man. Uh, so yeah, man, that's coming. That's coming. The uh, the 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 fourth uh, fight between Rampage and and Vandalay Silva. Now on that same card, we're gonna get Gegard Mousasi versus Rory McDonald. I think that's a great fight. That is a great fight. I think the first fight, there should be some, uh, some. I think that they should be allowed to go back on TRT. Agreed. For six months leading into the fight. Yeah. Well, that is one thing. Let's I, make it a train wreck at let's, least. Let's let's get it going, man. Uh, Bellator had an interesting week. They had they had th- this is going to get announced. They had uh, the report came out from ESPN that Leota Machida is jumping ship. He had his win over Vitor. His contract was up. He's going over to Bellator too. Wow! So they're getting uh, they're getting themselves another legend. They're getting themselves another UFC champion. And I think the big honestly the biggest news that came out of Bellator this week uh, apparently Michael Chandler's contract is up. Uh, I believe the report said imminently. And they're they're talking re-signing, but he's also open to going to the UFC. And I got to say, if there's one guy from the Bellator roster I really want to see make that jump over the UFC, I want to see what Michael Chandler can do at 155 pounds against the best lightweights in the world. I would agree, although he's looked vulnerable of late. Yeah. So um, I would have liked to have seen that three years ago. Definitely. Definitely. But, but, but We'll see what happens. But I still think he's... he's uh, He's he's still good enough that there's a lot of good matchups there to see. I mean, obviously we've seen him versus Eddie over in Bellator plenty of times, so I don't know if that's the matchup we go to right away. But I just think that he's such a badass. He's so tough. He's got he's got it all. I, I just would rather see that than see him fight the Pitbull brothers 
you know, for the gazillionth time. And who knows when he's going to get this fight, the title fight at um at at lightweight at Bellator because Brent Primus is has been hurt. He's been pulling out of fights, you know, and and he's been he's done been there. He's been to the top of the mountain at Bellator. So I want to see what a guy of his caliber can do in the best in the best promotion out there. I I agree. I think that would be great. They, Bellator also announced with the signing of all these legends, they also announced that they'll be replacing cutmen with nurses. Really? Yes. It's with oxygen masks in between around? rounds. That's what they're going to yes, do. Yes, and fluids, potassium. That'd be amazing. That's the big. That's one of the big announcements so in the cor- that will come so, during that press conference. So in the corners, they're not. You're not going to be able to see. They're going to have like that divider in the hospital room. Like yes. a, they'll bring up the room. Correct. <laughs> Correct. The privacy. Yes. That's always a bastard when you're in a hospital and you're just like, man, if you get stuck with a bad roommate. And the nurses, they'll, they'll check pulse, temperature, and blood pressure in between rounds. <laughs> just give you the whole physical. Yes. And the the breaks will be eight minutes. Eight-minute breaks so you can just get, get the whole roundabout way you of what's a, going a in there. a full dose of oxygen, maybe a breathing treatment you in between. Vitamin supplements. Yes. B12 injection. <laughs> the whole We call it the works. Man, this is getting interesting, though. Yeah, man. What do you think, Dana? Does does Dana sit back and think like, okay, great, have my leftovers? Or do you think that he's really concerned about the name recognition of these guys impacting the UFC? Because um, I have to say, the inconsistency of Bellator is what concerns me. It has been inconsistent. I think they've had a lot of good ideas. Like I, I, I did like the 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 heavyweight tournament, and I thought that was cool having, you know, Fedor, Chael, Matt Mitrione, Rampage. But then you really look at this, and you're like, wow, this this tournament can be won. It's it's I think it's it's Fedor versus Chael, mm-hmm. Matt Mitrione versus Bader. So there's a very real possibility that Bellator's heavyweight champion could be a light heavyweight. So. What are we to do with that? Then was this whole thing for not? Does it just show how terrible and genuine the skill set of heavyweights are? Right. I don't really know where to go. It was a really fun idea, and I liked I liked that Scott Coker was thinking outside the box or going back to an old box, really. Yes. To uh to 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 to, I guess bring some intrigue to it. But that that's 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 been their thing. They've been like, all right, come and watch the legends. They do have some really young guys that I enjoy watching. I love watching Aaron Pico. I love watching AJ McKee, and I love watching. Uh, I really have been enjoying watching Kimbo's son, and watching that career blossom. I don't know if they have enough. You don't like of them. Like Michael Venom Page. Michael Venom Page is fun okay. to watch. Yeah. He's hit or miss though. Yeah, you he get is. you get Michael Venom Page on a, on a day where he's too clowny, and it, it could be it's really annoying. it could be really rough. Yeah, Michael Venom Page is exciting. Um, so yeah, they got a handful of guys. I just don't know for for the schedule they keep up. I don't know if they got enough of them. And I don't know how many more of these they can they can throw out there to keep getting people to kind of look inside and see the real talent that they got or the or the prime talent that they got. Well, I, I think also they they abandoned the original tournament format that Bjorn Rebney created. Yeah, and I think they did it with just out of ego that okay we've Bjorn's out, we're a hundred percent captains of the ship. Now let's change this format, and I don't know if that was such a good thing. For the organization, because I believe what the tournament format did over a 12 or 16 week period of time was created consistency Mm -hmm. for the viewer to tune in and get to know these guys and get to follow this organization. And they've completely gone away from that, which now 
you know, sometimes I don't even know when a Bellator is on. I'll miss a Bellator and someone will say, hey, oh, it was, it was on Bellator on Friday. Like, oh, I don't know now. Do I tune in on Friday? Do I tune in on Saturday? That's and, a big one for and, me, too. And then what day is it going well, to be? For me, Bellator is Friday. Like, it should be Friday. Right. And they've put some of their big – this is – Bellator has put some of their big, big cards on Saturdays now. Sometimes they put it against the UFC. I think that's a big miss by them because I, I know they think that Saturday is the big fight night. I think that you have an established night. And it is Friday, and that's okay. If if you're a fight fan, you want to wet your whistle for the weekend. You still know that Bellator is Friday. I, I've gone many a weeks where I'm like, oh, that's that's Saturday. Oh, that's the same night as a UFC pay per view. Right. Yeesh. I mean, and that's been a big thing for me. You know, like I think I think back to a couple of weeks ago where we had, I think it was July 9th or, or it was June 9th where we had Tans Crawford versus Jeff Horn. We had UFC. Um and we uh, and and I think we had a Bellator card as well and I'm just like man, be nice. Was that the one where there was like 14 people in the audience? I don't know. Oh. I don't know. You might be right, but it's like all these promoters. No, you know what it was? It was it wasn't it wasn't Bellator. It was two Showtime cards and a UFC all in the same night. And I was just like man, I look back at the night like last night and I'm like well there's really nothing going on. Right. It's not like you don't have a week. Pick a pick an empty why, week. Yeah. Because why, why are they all the same week? Fight fans are looking for fights every weekend yeah and it's like because mm, I, I think they're all looking at it and saying oh this is the ideal weekend not too many people are on vacation school's not out yet they're Let's overthinking do- it. and it's just like okay i know people who are on vacation and if there's fight including myself yeah where if i'm traveling and it's a friday or saturday night i'm looking to watch a fight yeah man i'm gonna go to the local sports bar i'm gonna See if they. My hotel room has the channel. Oh, it was FS1. It was such a very hard, difficult. Yeah, it was such a hard night to keep up with because you had like, you had UFC was going on. Then I'm trying to get Jeff Horn, Terrence Crawford on another screen. I have it on my phone while I have it on another. And I know a lot of people don't have multiple screens. I'm doing this because like, we got to talk about it the next day. Right. But it's like, if I'm if I was just a casual fan, it's like oh, I got to choose. Yeah, but I'm over the app. Watch the fight on the app. Crap. Yeah. Well, get get ready because there's more of it coming. I'm not watching those fights, so don't ask me questions when you we come say, here about those you didn't fights. Get, you didn't get up at eight o'clock yesterday to watch a uh, fight pass? No, sir. No, no. Didn't even know it was on. Don't even know why they're keeping it. I don't understand it because they uh, they're moving to ESPN in a year. ESPN has an app on top of television, and they tell me there's gonna be fi- how many fights do I have to watch if I'm a UFC fan? It's crazy. It's nonstop. The roster's big. Got to keep them active, or gotta, you got to cut them. Got to keep it thirsty. If you you know, think about the guys that aren't making two hundred and fifty five hundred thousand dollars a fight. They're making fifteen hundred to fight. Yeah, those guys want to fight every card. Yeah, you know, and then you got a guy like Donald Cerrone, who, you know, will fight as you stated earlier, every three weeks if he could on a main event. You know, I think that guy, someone needs to step in and protect him from himself. What do you think about in that? that regards? He uh he lost yesterday. Didn't he, look ter- didn't look terrible, but um Yeah, I just think he needs to try to find a way, suck some bone marrow out or something, and get back a, to one fifty five. Yeah, so you and I are on the same page there. And and people also need to to protect him from himself. Like it's cool, it's great for us to talk about, oh, Donald Cerrone's taking a fight in three weeks after the last fight. That's all ha ha. It's not good for his body. Mm-hmm. It's not good for his brain. And this guy, while he is making it exciting for the fans, he's also 
prohibiting his career from extending beyond the norm. While he's in great shape, he's in great condition, all looks good. We don't know what's going on. I mean, body kicked the guy and he and he crumbles. Yeah. You know, so I think that someone in his on his team needs to be cognizant of the fact that we got to maybe not protect him from himself is the word, but give him a little better guidance and steer him in a direction that I just I don't want to see him become the gatekeeper. You know, that guy I think he's and I know it's the kind of the circle of of life with the UFC, but I, I just feel hey, like go he's, to Bellator. <laughs> yeah, you never know. I think it's just uh, I think with him, he's so popular, and everybody is gonna be. First of all, I don't know why Cowboy Cerrone's fighting on a fight pass to Singapore at at, uh, at eight o'clock in the morning. I mean, with with as much as 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 much star power as the UFC is lacking, any help you can get for a, a bona fide fan favorite, he should be fighting on the biggest cards all the time to help lift them up as much po- as as possible like Cowboy Cerrone should be fighting at UFC 226 in a, in, in a couple weeks shouldn't be fighting at eight o'clock Singapore I know you want to expand into the to the uh, the Asian market but it's like all right we can't just have the, how many pe- how many more people are, are gonna be like yeah you know what I love Cowboy I'm gonna spend nine dollars to go watch him first thing in the morning if you're on East Coast if you're on West Coast five in the morning what yeah it's crazy it's it, it just it's 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 weird to me why they would do that to him anyway well at least if Cerrone goes to Bellator he'll have you know he'll be able to take advantage of the oxygen tank in between rounds right he'll have the full kit yeah. we'll be back after this it's fighters fury on am 790 the ticket welcome back everybody Tobin and Seema here with you. Fighters Fury rolls on here. A couple local events coming up. Been uh, trying to keep you guys up to date with that. Titan FC 50 is going to be at Extreme Action Park if you guys want to check that out. Some local up-and-coming fighters there. And very excited about this. We had Harold Calderon in studio last week. Uh, and he's going to be fighting J.D. Martinez at the Hard Rock on July 6th. They've uh, I think that was the last one. It was April. And I was very impressed by this young man, Seema. He, like, he brought like half the building with him the last time. He's, uh, he's from Miami. Um, nice young fighter, nice young welterweight fighter. So he'll be fighting at the Hard Rock in a couple of weeks. He'll be in the building to watch that uh, for sure. Because looking forward to it. It's cool seeing the fights back locally again, especially at the Hard Rock because uh, they got the new event center. That place is nice, really, really nice to watch fights. Um, this past week, oh, quick update on this. So we had Greg Hardy. He got his. Uh, did you see this? The the Dana White Contender Series. Greg Hardy, the uh, former NFL guy. He was. Uh, I heard he was on. He was. Yeah, injured. He got suspended by. He got suspended by the NFL for a domestic violence uh, incident. Then he got basically run out of the league because he kept getting. Uh, he was a bad teammate, drug problems, and so refound his way in MMA. He's training at American Top Team, and he was on the Dana White Contender Series, and he fought this. He fought another former uh, NFL star. They're kind of going the way back in the day of like Brendan Schaub and Matt Mitrione getting the former NFL guys. And I mean, he he knocked him out twice. It was he hit him once, got like floored back like a like a like a, a bobble punching bag, came back up and got boom, diced. And apparently, I didn't know this. Greg Hardy's playing arena football too, and hurt his knee. So I don't know what that means for his uh, his next MMA fight. Uh, they haven't really or really, his career or his career. You start hurting knees and yeah, so. you're out for a year. Then by the time you come back, eh. Yeah, so that's uh, that's just something to look out for. And then another local thing, another one who trains at American Top Team, Kayla Harrison. I don't know if you know her, but she was 
uh, uh, she was a judo gold medalist. Because you know Ronda got her start in judo. She was a bronze medalist at the Olympics. Kayla's like, Ron has Ronda's credentials in judo, but uh, to the nth degree. And so she made her debut in this new PFL, which is basically a new World Series of Fighting. And uh, she won via first-round armbar. So doing that same old style. So we'll see what uh, what becomes of her as far as prospects are concerned. So our boy Faraz. Faraz was on uh, the Joe Rogan podcast. Uh-oh. And he says that he has this grand idea. He wants GSP to box Floyd Mayweather. Says really? It would be worldwide. Blockbuster fight. Everybody would tune in. George St. Pierre boxing Floyd Mayweather. And I'm I'm, I'm sh- interested. I'm shoulder shrugging at it. I'm like, I don't see it, man. I'm I, not interested. I'm not in I'm look, I know I know that uh GSP's got a tremendous jab, but I don't really uh I don't have interest in it. And what is that going to be like the nicest fight promotion ever? Yeah. Like, you know, Floyd I love you. I love you too. I love you. Thank you Floyd for having me fight. This is fantastic. Uh you are not nice, but uh, it's okay. Let's fight. I'm like, what? Yeah. This isn't this isn't what we They're just had just to trying to get up. some money. I know, man, but money grab. Let's. I, I, I'm. I'm much more interested in seeing. Let's see if we can eventually get the Conor McGregor George St. Pierre fight than I would be seeing GSP box. I don't see G. First of all, who knows GSP for boxing? Like we all know what GSP's calling card is, and it's not like ground and hump. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's it's not, not even ground and pound. It's like, hey, man, look. I know you got a tremendous jab. Remember what you did to Koscheck's eye when you hooked up with Freddie Roach? But hey, like. Not really into seeing you. I'm not it was really into seeing Josh Koscheck. Yeah, well, that's fair. Using like, his come on using his face as a target. Yeah, but I'm not into seeing uh, Connor Floyd. Like we can all sit here and talk about it, like, oh well, if Connor lands that left hand bomb on a sweet spot, maybe he puts Floyd out. Just George. Just the, no, with Connor, to me, it was more about the drama that came along with the leading show. up to the fight. It wasn't even so much about the fight. You could talk about the fight and the what ifs and everything, but it was going to be the show that led up to it. Yeah, who didn't want to see Floyd Mayweather go up? Because everybody hates Floyd, so who didn't want to see the the number one bleep talker in the world? Just dissect. I mean, making fun of the fact that he can't read, making yeah. fun of his tax problems, making fun of ma- his crew. Oh my! Making fun of his uh, when he went to jail, he, he took his, his his baby mama's ex jersey and he was wearing it to what? His big backpack his that le- only had ten grand in it. Yeah, his level of trolling is amazing. Yeah. But George St. Pierre, it's fantastic to see you, Floyd. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. This, this is fantastic. I love it. I'm like, I'm not into not, that, man. Not interested. Not not no sale. No sale for Oz. I'm out. I'm out on that one, man. Um, so we got that going on. There's still negotiation. I want to get your thoughts on this. So we got the negotiations going on between Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Canelo Golovkin. Okay. We can talk about that too. All right. But this is this is going back and forth. Um, you, 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 you're a maestro when it comes to knowing what goes on in the business of, of fights. I don't understand what is the big holdup with these guys because they keep thinking like there's going to be this uh, this Pacquiao-Mayweather buildup where they'll continue to – it'll get more popular if we make the fans keep wanting. And I'm like, I don't think you guys are that big to do that. I don't think so either. And also, see, now in Europe, Joshua is, yeah. but not here. True. And I don't think that Deontay Wilder is that big here mm-hmm. to push like a Pacquiao Mayweather. Right. And not only that, here's the problem though. Those guys with with Floyd, Floyd was a, such a master. He could always, uh, he could always 
match up with the guys that were perfectly pinpoint for him. And it, it felt like, you know, Flo is the master of least, least risk, biggest reward. With heavyweight, it's always going to be a risk, especially with a lot of the guys who can punch at this weight class. I think it's a dangerous game they're playing. I think it's a dangerous game, and I don't – I'm kind of – if I had to pick a winner right now, today, I would probably pick Joshua. Really? I would because Wilder shows himself to be susceptible to take to, – to, oh, like leaving his defense open mm-hmm. and taking shots. And I think that if Joshua connects with one of his clean shots – those uppercuts are vicious. Mm-hmm. The way this guy throws his punches, and I'm not sure how many people are really familiar with him in the U.S. now and watching him. They've seen the, the Klitschko fights, but all his other fights. He continues to evolve. His trajectory is at a much steeper incline than Wilder's. Do you think, you think that, the, that he's still got more room to grow? I do, and I think he's still growing, and he's young, and he's fast, and he's got a lot of power behind him. Yeah. And I think that one thing that Wilder possesses is because of his height and because of the the level at which he throws punches, he's more effective when he's punching down. Mm-hmm. And both these guys are pretty big. Very big. And he's not going to be punching down as often as he's become accustomed to fighting guys that are 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, What's Joshua? 6'5"? Six, 6'5". Five? Six, five. Yeah. 6'5", six, and, and Wilder's 6'6", six, six, but he's a, very, he's, he's a slender 6'6". Six, six. Correct. And I think that Wilder is going to leave himself open or he's going to go into the fight with his guard up and leave that body open. And Joshua goes to the body. Mm -hmm. So I believe that if I had to pick today, I'd pick Joshua. And I don't think that Wilder is all too thrilled and excited about making the fight. He wants to make it look like he's making the fight. Oh, so you think this is all window, window, uh... I think to a certain dressing. degree. I think if the money is just, you know, enormous, then it's kind of like, hey, kinda, I'm going to go see, fight the best. I kind of feel like it's the opposite. Like, I feel like Wilder really wants fights. I don't know really what's out there for Wilder, but I think, like you said, because Joshua's such a star in Europe, he's always going to have that nest egg. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he's more... Guy the, draws 70,000 yeah, people he's more, he's more in the power seat than Wilder is, you know? So I, I think Wilder... They're having it there? That's the rumor. The rumor is it's close to being agreed upon that it's a two fight deal and that the first one's going to be in the UK with the next one being in Vegas. I mean, I don't know if there's an out clause like if let's say Joshua knocks him out in a round and they're like, well, listen, this isn't this isn't worth doing a rematch for. Um, then I, I don't know if that gets scrapped or vice versa. Yeah, for the for the for the for the fans, it, it apparently is a two fight deal. First one's going to be in the UK. Second one's going to be in Vegas. Uh, I don't know about timing or all that and how that works out, but that's that's what the early reports are. But there's still there's still some haggling going on between them both. But to me, I just look around and I thought, you know, Deontay, I did give him a lot of that criticism beforehand that, man, he was he was being protected by Al Heyman and he was taking all these bum fights against guys from like Poland and France. And like when he fought Luis Ortiz after Luis Ortiz popped for a test, came back in that fight, a fight he was losing and ended him. I thought it I thought it melted away a lot of the criticism because that's a dangerous fighter, southpaw fighter. Nobody really knows how old Luis Ortiz is. Dangerous knockout artist, put him on the canvas, came back, was able to stop him in a fight that he didn't look great against, but 
the one thing with Wilder that 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 I have to always account for in these fights is his power. I, I feel it to me is even at another level than Joshua's because he's got imperfect power. It's like he hits you with half a shot and you're you're on the floor. And with Ooh. Josh uh, uh, Wilder, Wilder. Um, when Joshua, Joshua's he's more the he's as prototype of fighter as you ever want to see, like the body type, the the kind of striking. He to me is almost looking, and it's crazy to think this because he's his countryman. But I feel like he's almost becoming the next, uh, the next version of Lennox Lewis. Maybe a little bit stronger, but he's almost becoming so pristine as a boxer that I don't know if he's going to be able to, if anybody's going to really be able to break that shell. But we even saw with Lewis, if somebody hits you like a Hasim Rockman hits you the right way, the wrong, maybe nine times out of ten you'll beat him. But I still think there's that window where he can get you. So you think that. Wilder's awkwardness yes. gives him his advantage. Yes. Okay. I think I, think, I get that. I understand that. I, I think he goes into a lot of these fights and people think, oh, people focus too much on... I don't think he's ever going to look like the best boxer on the planet. I don't think he's ever going to look like a guy who is tailor-made for the boxing purist because he's going to look goofy uh, at some points. He's, But I don't think... I, I always wonder, like, well, does it matter? Because he's able to make up for that mistake so much with his with his right hand. It's stupid power. It is, but it's also at the level at which he throws it. If it's stupid power, especially if you're shorter than him. Sure. And I think the taller you get and the more that you even eyes, the less power that punch has on it. So what do you think about the uh, the Canelo Triple G negotiations? Well, I was, I, I was interested that... that I dug into my own pockets to make Canelo Golovkin oh, rematch De from De La Hoya. Hoya. Yeah, like did it? Did he get past like the the lingerie that he wears in order to <laughs> dig deep into those pockets? Yeah, man, I don't know. He's like you know, I I thought it was fine for Golovkin to be upset and imagine want that money. visually, like you're you're in the conference room, and like De La Hoya says, "Okay, I'm gonna reach deep down inside my pocket to get this money out," and he pulls dicks in his pocket, digs in his pocket, and he's reaching around, he pulls out a little black thong and then he pulls out his, you think he has his, his collection fishnet in his stockings and then he pulls out what was the other thing that the uh the the kitchen spoon he pulls oh, out the kitchen spoon and then he digs deeper I, oh here's my I, money i believe it was a spatula semen. spatula okay sorry. It was a spatula spatula ouch um, hey man some people just want to ouch for him maybe it's comforting it's silky he feels uh he feels more uh relaxed scrambled eggs that's all i think about i don't know man spatula <laughs> Um, but yeah, he was digging into his own pockets. He said he had to save the fight. So thank you, thank you for oh, being. Oh, thank a you, Oscar. Thank you, Oscar, for being the hero we all we all need and deserve. You really, you really stepped up in this one, man. We thank you, thank you for Jeez. making it happen. I mean, it's not. I'm sure. I'm sure Canelo had just a, a ton of options besides Gennady Golovkin that people were excited about, especially off of a positive, dirty meat test. Yeah, dirty meat. That was an exciting one too. I read this week where he's like. People in Mexico love him more for the for the drug test. I'm like, all right. And how many of how how many of those pay per views are coming for here? Don't they have a different pay per view deal over there? Probably. So, yeah. all right, great. What about the people who are pissed at him, especially the ones that wanted to go to Vegas to watch him fight, and he didn't know what kind of burger he was getting. You know, I'm, I'm trying to understand that. Like, how do we know? Like, who's saying that his fans are more? No, he more supportive. he's got the pull. He's he's got a pulse of the people. Uh, Trust me. That's what comes with the lingerie, man. You get a better feel for things, if you know what I mean. <laughs>
Uh, everybody have a great week. We'll talk to you same time, same place next Sunday. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.